What the Ooh. fuck is up? We are back. Where's the remote? I'm here with Alex. We got a recurring guest, our only guest so far. Elon, what's going on? <laughs> what it do, baby? Hey, uh-huh. hey, hey, hey. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm a fun guy. <laughs> anyway, anyways, so I'm here with these fun guys. Uh-huh. And, uh, all right, that's enough out of you. And we're here to talk about some dope shit. We're lucky we got Elon here for a little bit. He won't be on for the whole episode because he's got, you know, some important shit to take care of. But that's okay. Ooh. Um, ooh we expose him yet. <laughs> we want to expose him. It's fine. But uh, we got some shit to talk about today. A lot of news. Uh, we hit you guys with that bonus episode last week. Um, so you guys got a lot of content. If you're listening to this right now and you haven't heard those last two episodes from last week, do us a favor. Do yourself a favor. Go back. Listen to them. They're straight fire, son. Go listen to them. Sing along with um, us. Yeah, sing along with us. We did way too much singing last week. I hope we don't do as much this week because we're not so good at it. But uh, we'll figure it out. I'm rushing. I feel like I'm talking very fast. Um, well, I'm Greek. I'm so- I'm a slow it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, but yeah, so biggest thing, we'll jump right in for time's sake. Biggest topic we have to talk about right now. We got two main ones, but the first one is Brockhampton. They just released their album, their fourth album. Fifth. fifth. Fuck All American Trash. I forgot. My bad, guys. I'm no, a you're an idiot. Why? It's three saturations. Yeah. You're a decence. This is five. Yo, where have you been? Oh, fuck. What, what am I are you doing? talking about? What about bro? All American Trash, though? That's a mixtape. Yeah, right, I'm just an idiot and can't count. It's fine. Anyways, fine. Their fifth studio album. It is titled Ginger. It dropped on Friday, which was yesterday. Date this episode a little bit. And we had a lot of thoughts. Alex, give me one sentence describing your thoughts on the album. Go. I've listened three times, maybe four times to the album. Um, it is painfully mid. Really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Elon, one sentence. Describe your thoughts on the album. All right. If we're counting this as their fifth album, then it's five for five with the fire because this album I thought was fantastic. And yeah, there are a couple songs that I wouldn't say are forgettable, but they, you know, they're okay. But, man, there are some absolute slappers on this album. Oh, my goodness. That was a, a run-on sentence. I won't penalize you for it this time, but uh, still a keep it short. All right, fine. Um, while I didn't see a lot of crazy growth from Brockhampton, I think that this is just on par with everything they've been doing, and I personally loved it as well. I knew I would be the only one who didn't like it. was very happy. (laughs) No, this is good. This is good. This is good. We're getting into it now. Well, for those of you who don't know, and it's probably most of you, Alex is the one who put me on the Brockhampton. You're damn right. Um, Elon, I don't know if I was the one who put you on a Brockhampton. Probably. Probably, yeah. And so for Alex, the OG Stan, you know, to be – you know, in the opposition here is pretty exciting. I'm excited to chop it up with him. So, like I said in my thoughts, I thought the album was very good. Sonically, it sounds really, really great, and I thought it sounded like a great, cohesive project. Um, there's a lot of really, you know, every it, the thing I love the most about Brockhampton is obviously they're all posse cuts, right? They all have a bunch of people on them, and they bring the best out of everyone. You know what I mean? I feel like everybody on each song is giving it their all and everybody kind of has their own input and like style that they're bringing to every song. And I really think that it comes out and it shows. And I did say that I don't feel like this is a huge like leap forward from everything they've been doing, but I actually liked this album better than Iridescence personally. Um, So I didn't think there was, I didn't think that I liked Iridescence a lot. I just felt like this was more the Brockhampton I like, you know, and it had a good mix of like the energetic songs and the slow tracks. Um, you know, that was just my thoughts. Alex, what do you um, think? Well, I think that, so like, this is probably my least favorite Brockhampton album because I, really? my, one of my favorite things about Brockhampton, like the first time I heard them was right when I bought my beats and it was like the summer. I'll never forget it. I was walking on the high line. And I, all American trash came on, and like I literally didn't listen to anything else for like weeks. It was just like I hadn't heard anything like it. Um, and part of that was like 
there's such an energy on those early albums where it's like they were all fu- like you would fight to get that mic like you would push people out of the way to get to that mic and that's what every song sounded like it was just this like amalgamation of energy and like lyrics and crazy production and like this almost feels more segmented it's like okay this is now merlin's part and then it's going to go into matt who will lead into bareface and then bareface will bring joba and like all the while it's segmented by kevin like doing the hooks and like it's not that it's bad but i feel like it's almost a regression from what they were and maybe that's just me like wanting those like type of like songs back but uh like boy bye when i heard that i was like this is the brockhampton that i like i remember and like that's the most brockhampton song on the album i agree i think that's the best song on the album personally um i was Um, i just want to address what alex just said um i agree that it's definitely a different sound than a lot of the other albums and like that was definitely that was pretty apparent to me um early on but it's still, even though it's segmented, like it's still the way that they do it is, I would say, like in my opinion, it's pretty similar to how they did it with Iridescence. Like, I think there are still a lot of segmented parts where it's one one person jumps in, and then they have their time to shine, and then another one will jump in. But that's not really a bad thing, in my opinion. Like, I feel like it worked pretty well with Iridescence, and it works with Gender too. And this is definitely. I always like to do like the car test. Like, you know, an album bangs if you can just listen to it in your car on just like a. I have okay. it. Okay. So that's. So, so that's. That might be the first mistake right there. But <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, like it's just a very solid album. And there. I really, honestly, the sound was so different. Like, some of the. You get that like Area 51, like extraterrestrial vibes on a couple of them. Especially with, uh, oh man, what was it? Um, like, Love Me For Life was one of them yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, oh my god, cool. Merlin on that? Merlin, I was going to say, Merlin Dude. goes fucking off uh, on that joint. St. Percy, oh and if you pray right, like, just back to back, fire. Straight fire. I will say, Heaven Belongs to You into St. Percy. Yeah, into very pray right. yeah, it's a fantastic yeah. like, trio. Um, Alex, I... I only thing I have in my notes is Merlin on Love Me for Life, insane. That's what I got. Yeah, all I have is classic Merlin exploding <laughs> onto the beat. Yeah. CDG in my closet. Yeah, that's that's a great. Yeah, I think I'll know, just yeah. just to sort of end my piece on it. I think they're really like what I really liked about the album is that yeah, it's not like the same as you know like the saturation albums, but. I feel like there's a song that can fit pretty much every mood on this album. For sure. I agree. The the first half and second half is very like before dearly departed. There's a lot more like energetic songs and then everything. Right. And then it slows down. Yeah. And I know. I I don't think that's new for them. I, yeah, I I, would have preferred it like slow into like energy, but they always go slow out. You know what I mean? Like, even ending with, like, Summer on, what is it, like, Saturation that's 2, true, I yeah. think. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they like to go out on a song. Dearly Departed. And that so sort good. of brings me to that point. Dearly Departed is fire. But, like, you know, as hard as some of the songs are, they're all a bunch of fucking sad boys. And <laughs> yeah. I love it, though. It's great. You know what I mean? Like, they're all in their feels all the time. Especially, yeah, especially Kevin. Kevin. Like, all the time. And I'm here for it. I love it. But, like, you know, these guys really are a boy band. And they're rapping about their feelings and singing. And it's just, it's very like emotional, like passionate music. And I still think that they're managing to distance themselves from the entirety of the rap game and still keep this really unique sound and vibe to their music that I think that most true fans of Brockhampton will love. Facts. That's just my No printer, just facts. The song Ginger. The song like Ginger sounds like an 808s and Heartbreak song. Yeah. Like it's Dude, very the like production I thought was very good. Oh yeah. Definitely. I like I like the recurring like yeah, like the ad lib. Yeah. It's on a whole bunch Dude, of songs. Boy Bye is a crazy good beat. Like I love that beat. How does that one go again? It's I can't like sing it for you. It's like bah, bah, bah. 
You know what I mean? That didn't help you at all. Like, I can't sing it for you. You just gonna have to listen to it's it. It's like the samba one. Yeah, yeah. It's bum, mag- bum, bum. The back <laughs> half? Yeah, I would say the back half. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely yeah. Is more of like a spooky, like chill kind of vibe to it, and I re- and I was bumping. There's to some it like pretty hard. carnival songs. Like what, Alex? Like there's I can't remember. Well, like Boy Bye does have like a carnival type beat to it. What was it like? Zipper. Boy Bye is very reminiscent of Zipper to me. Kinda a little bit in the way like. Yeah, which is so good. I do think that like the musical motifs from Brockhampton that we're used to, like the the classic sounds of Brockhampton, are still very present in this album. Yeah, but this and is a Brockhampton album, definitely, and that's what I'm here for. As long as the music is good, like I'm, I'm impressed with this album. I'm not like, like I said, I would have loved to have seen something completely new that made me like redefine like what a Brockhampton album is and that just wasn't that I actually think Iridescence was closer to like a new sound for them than this was but I'm okay with that because like it's still they're making music at a very high level of quality and like I said I threw it on I just enjoyed the whole thing I know I said I've only been listening in my car but that's because you know I can't listen when I'm at work it came out yesterday and I saved it for my commute home and I was just like fuck dude this is so good and I just enjoyed the shit out of it. And then I listened to it again today. And it's just really good. And like you said about All American Trash, like how you were bumping it all summer. Like, I know the summer's coming to an end, but like, this is going to be. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently. I don't really listen to music as much as I did at one point, but like, I sort of go through phases. But like, when I'm willing to throw on music, like, this is going to be it for a long time, I think. So I'm excited about that. Here's, here's what I have to say about it. With. Saturation one, two, and three, they, they hit a pocket in saturation one and on the next two albums, they found a great way on how they could elevate what they honed into on saturation one. That's why like it's really just like improving on itself. Um and then iridescence, they completely not only like found a different pocket like sonic why sonically, um, but they like continued to elevate that within that own album this i feel like they found the pocket that they wanted to work in for this specific sound and it's it's good but like it doesn't have that brockhampton elevation that i've come to know you know what i mean sort of but like i felt very differently from you so it's hard for me to see it from your perspective um but like you said it was mid but like did you like it i enjoyed it I imagine there are songs. Here's the thing. There's there's songs like every song. I'm like this part. I want it like the whole time. That's fair. There were a couple of songs like, like that where there was, I forgot which one it was, but there was one track where like the last 30 seconds were like just the, the beat was just insane. Like the production was incredible. And I was like, I would love to hear a full song with this production behind it. So I see where you're coming from. Is there? Yeah, I think that, you know, I do. I do think I will listen to the album in its entirety, like a, a good amount. But I also think that there are some singles I will pull out of there and listen to for a lot longer. Very true. Um, yeah. Um, any closing thoughts on Brockhampton before we give it a rating, boys? Um, Merlin is the winner of this album. Do you think so? Not, I was gonna ask. You, do you not think so? only for like the the Merlin that I love, but like no Halo. No one help me with my eyes corner. Like, that's the best Merlin. That's my favorite Merlin now. Like, I really enjoyed his contribution. Like, rapping soft and, and like, the smooth hug. I'll just say, just to end it, like... For sure. Yeah. It was just a very... Especially because Iridescence really was that sort of change. Especially after... Because we didn't really know how they were going to sound, especially after Amir was gone. But Iridescence, like, they really changed up the sound quite a bit. And it was oh, good. You can't talk Brockhampton without bringing up a mirror, Elon. No, fuck that. <laughs> We're not talking about that. We're not talking okay. about I'll that. Just say, I'll just say the change was – it was still good. And Ginger, they still lived up to everything that they've been able to do so far. Um, so I was just yeah. – I was impressed and I 
and just like as a fan, like I just really enjoyed this album, and I definitely need to listen yeah, to it more. Another, I think this, yeah, I think this is another win for them for sure. Um, so I'm gonna give this album. I'm thinking seven and a half out of ten, maybe eight. Uh, Alex, gonna give it a six and a half to a seven. Okay, I would say a good seven and a half, a solid seven and a half. All right, so it seems like we're hovering around like seven and a half, seven point two five. If we were to average it out, it's a good album. That's a good album, guys. So get out there and go check it out if you haven't seen it or <laughs> fucking seen it. Jesus, <laughs> if you haven't if you haven't heard it yet, go listen to it. We know it just came out yesterday. This episode probably won't come out till Monday. But go listen to it. Um, just to close this Brockhampton segment out, if you're listening to this, like, tweet the link at Kevin Abstract. Do it. <laughs> we want to get him to, to listen to our podcast and uh, shout us out. So we're making a big push for that. So tweet it out. Tag Kevin. He loves his fans. He loves Twitter. He's on there 23 hours a day, I think. So check it out. Um, yeah, and that's that. And Elon, I think you have to go, right? I do. Really quickly plug your shit and then we'll get back into stuff. Uh, so you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Elon Rubin. Uh, that's E-L-A-N-R-U-B-I-N. And also on Letterboxd, uh, probably under E-D-R-417. So yeah. Now get the fuck out of here. All right. Peace, boys. And now a word from our sponsors. That's enough of that. We're back. Elon is gone. He's off to play mini golf. I wonder with who. I wonder with who as well. Elon, care to share? All right, relax. Yeah, I'm still really just shocked that you thought this album was mid. Like, I just... I don't know. Midger. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to change midger. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I, I'm gonna try to change your mind on it uh, when I come visit you. Um, so we'll see. I regularly um, call things mid people. Let's let's be clear about that. Yeah, he does. The midlorian. The, we'll get there in a second. Um, so yeah, the next big topic we're talking about D twenty three Expo currently uh, going on. At this very moment. So we might get some crazy news dropped in the middle of this podcast and hit you with the exclusive story. Three days later. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get our live reactions, though. And that'll just be worth all of it. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> but uh, we got I mean, a lot of good news going on. I just read something and, crazy about Rise of Skywalker. Oh, my God. Say it. Say whatever it is. This is more like spoiler from footage, though. So... I'll maybe keep the Don't footage alone, and I will strictly stick to news. Okay. Although a poster came out. Spo- did you spoil some shit for yourself? No, nah, because I don't really care like that. Um, if the ending – oh, I just – fuck me. I think I just read it too. I am going to be on WTR Pod on Twitter, um, and I am going to be retweeting like the posters and stuff. Gotcha. So like right now, I am retweeting the new poster for Rise of Skywalker that looks – unbelievable so yeah alex will be retweeting stuff from the account check that out if you don't follow us already we're at wtr pod go check it out um we've been getting better about retweeting all this stuff but there's so much news coming out of d23 a lot to follow i can't even follow it all myself so i think that having you know alex retweeting all of it you can go to one one spot see hopefully all of it and you know we're going to talk about a lot of it today so get excited for that so, Alex, what is the piece of news so far that you've heard that you are most excited about? That I am most excited for? Um, oh, my God. This I mean, honestly, it's a tie between the Moon Knight show. Yes. Um, and the Mandalorian looks like I'm, I'm excited for Star Wars now. Me too. But, like, it's weird that I'm more excited for a random show about Mandalorians than I am for, like, the rise of skywalker the show looks fire though it looks it so does. good 
But it's it interesting because, like, I personally hate Boba Fett. I know this isn't Boba Fett, but like, yeah, I'm not as infatuated with the bounty hunters as other people are. But, yeah, um, me neither. Yeah, I would probably say the Mandalorian or that. I mean, Disney Plus in general, like. Disney Plus own Disney owns me essentially, and like, well, they own everyone, and they know how. Like, Disney Plus is not made for our particular niche; it's made for literally everyone in the world, and everyone right. is going to eat it up. And at such the a low price point, how can you not? Right. I think the craziest thing about it is how, like you said, how diverse of the like the programming is going to be. I mean, when we first saw this, it was like, okay, they got Disney movies on there and they got Disney TV shows coming out. But like, you know, I that's not all I watch. But like, you know, now they have Fox and they've got all these movies coming out that you don't even think are like from Disney. Like what's that? There's a Christmas movie coming out with like Bill Hader and Anna Kendrick in it. Yeah. And like, like that's something I'll totally watch. You know what I mean? If it's any good. So, and that's like going to be on Disney plus it's coming straight to Disney plus. So I think they're like poised to unfortunately destroy Netflix in this next year. See, I don't think Netflix will, Netflix will obviously take a hit, but everyone's like, yo, Netflix is going to vanish. No, it's not. Netflix is. No, it's not going to vanish. Massive. (laughs) It won't vanish for sure. But I do think they will take a massive hit. Yeah. I mean, Um, they've, they've already been taking hits, but like, right. You know, I, well, we'll say what you're going to say. No, like it's like the worst has yet to come for them. I agree. I think that, I mean, look, this expo is just an onslaught of information yeah. about Disney Plus, And it's like so much to handle that you're going to have to just buy the service just to even understand the true magnitude of what they're putting out there. And like realistically, I mean, it's seven bucks. <laughs> I'm going to get it. Yeah. And it's cheaper than Amazon Prime, people. Come on. Like, you, I know you all have an Amazon Prime account. Even even with just the di- – if they were like, this is just Disney movies and like Pixar, yeah, 100%. And the fact that they have Marvel and Star Wars to boot, dude, Obi-Wan. I seven bucks a month for that, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm literally – I was going to say I'm looking right now at a video of Ewan McGregor announcing he's going to play Obi-Wan Kenobi again. I'm so um, happy. And I'm so excited. I love that Ewan McGregor is getting work. I love that it's through Disney – and I I love him as Obi Wan. I love it. I think it's probably the, the main redeeming thing from the prequels is that performance. Um, so that's really exciting. So that's awesome. And so I guess I'm gonna pose a question to you. Go. Because this was something that sort of I thought about this morning. If you think about it, consider the wide range of programming they're gonna have, and a lot of actors actresses writers directors are going to be signing contracts with disney right essentially to say i'm going to work on this many things yes that could take like that could those contracts could essentially like eat them up for the rest of their careers a lot of these people i have a good feeling that a lot of the people that are signed on to work with disney now actors mostly will stay with disney in some capacity for the rest of their career and like to be honest though like i don't blame them like Yo, no, I don't blame them either. That's just kind of crazy. Of, because of $300 million paychecks, like, look, yeah. I agree. I think that's a good move, but it's kind of scary to think that, like, okay, Disney owns all of us. Now they own all of Hollywood. Like, that's just kind of, you know, scary for me as a person who likes, you know, I like seeing different types of movies. I don't want the same perspective on everything. It's not good for anybody if Disney controls all the media See, here's um, the thing, though. Here's what I have to say. And it's not – last thing is it's not good for independent cinema. It's yes, not. but at the same time, I can't blame Disney for making the movies no, it's business. that they it's know business. general audiences want. General audiences no, aren't going to see indies. Yeah. Well, no, and I get that. But, like, even if they own the entirety of the general audience market, like, that's still not great. No, yeah, I'm not saying – like, terribly greedy company – and it's ooh, Black Panther two announced. Ryan Coogler returns to direct. In oh, the year, May 6, twenty twenty two. I oh my goodness. Also, next up, we're getting some stuff on Mulan. This is crazy. Um, Disney Plus will release episodes <laughs> weekly. Of what? Like it will not be like all at once. Oh, really? That's kind of sad. I kind of wish they were binging, but I guess that makes sense for them. All right, let's get into some of the things they announced. Okay, did you see the Lady in the Tramp trailer? 
Yes. I think this is big. I think this is big because before we get into our thoughts on the trailer, I think this is just a big move for them. It is a directly to Disney Plus movie. Um, This will be the first live action remake that we've seen not get a theatrical release from what I understand. Um, I don't believe they have plans to release it in theaters. I think part of that decision is because of, I guess they want to make sure that Disney plus goes off like, you know, with a lot of hype. And so they're going to bring a feature film that people want to see. It's got a good cast, Justin Thoreau and, and, uh, what's face Tessa Thompson Mm -hmm. on there. And that's like pretty solid. You know what I mean? So I know I'm going to watch that movie. It looks good. Yeah. Yeah. The trailer looked good. I think that the dogs look wildly more expressive than the lions did in Lion King. That's just my take on it. Um, but it's a sweet story, you know? Yeah, and I also think that they got all – like they're all rescue dogs. That oh, after, like the actors? Yeah, like after <laughs> – I love it. They're yeah, like, the dog actors. <laughs> all the dogs in the movie were like rescue dogs that like now wow. have homes from the crew. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, so that will be launching day one. Look, day one of Disney, the craziest thing is going to be day one because you're going to open up the program and you're going to look at it and you're going to see, bang, Marvel, every Marvel movie ever made. Bang, no, Star Wars, no, every Star Wars. No, 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 no. Only four are going to no? be their opening day. Only four. Okay, yes. fine. You still got four. And then you got all the Star Wars. You got all the TV shows that they're announcing are coming out with their first episodes that day. And you're like getting all these movies and stuff within the first week, you're going to be so overloaded. And I personally like, what are you most excited to watch? Like, I don't know. Well, day one, here's what, cause only not many things are coming out day one. Um, the first thing I'm doing is watching episode one of the Mandalorian. Yes. That will be immediate. And then doesn't the Falcon and the, whatever it is that, what is it, the Falcon of the soldier or something? It's not day one. When does that come None of those have even been filmed yet, I don't think. I don't think that's true. We'll get to it. I have like a list that we're going to get there. Okay. Um, also, day one is High School Musical, the musical, the series. Which- Yo, can I just ask you, you tweeted about that today, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what do you, what are you why are you excited for this? Tell me. Because I enjoy High School Musical, and it seems like it's going to be a very like almost parody level meta element of like the movie. I don't know. Are you so aware of the, the con- walk- I was going to say, walk me through the premise of this show. So this is a, this is a show about, it's almost, it looks like it's being filmed like a document, like a mockumentary. Um, and it is going to be the, the students of East high. Go Wildcats. Like this is, yes, this is a real school now. East high. And they it's sent like a real, them, what do you mean? Like, it's not like, like a within, real the, within the show. Okay. Like they go to East High and like years before like the events of High School Musical and the movie happened in this high school. And it's like the aftermath. So now no, now that this is gearing up for a stage production of the story of High School Musical like at the school. This seems way too meta. I think it's going to be very funny. That sounds decent. Because there's girls, the there's girls, and they're like, I'm, I, I do, I would do anything to play Gabriella, and it's like, <laughs> that's pretty funny. And they're like, yeah. he's more of a Sharpay. Like, it's very funny. Yeah, um, that sounds funny. I'll yeah, that. it looks clever. So I'm, I'm personally here for it. It looks super cheesy, but like, it will be worth it. I think. For sure. Um, what's next? What else you got? There's some other shows. Uh, there's like a lot of documentaries that they have about what? I think Disney. And, like, I know, one, it's going to be, like, 50 episodes of them, like, traveling to different, like, Disney parks and, like, wa- like following, like, employees around and, like, seeing how they, like... I'm not that interested in that, but I guess if I get through all the other stuff and I'm looking for something to watch. Speaking of documentaries, we'll go on a little tangent here. Travis Scott announced oh, yeah. he is doing a documentary that is coming out. It's called Look, Mom, I Can Fly, which is coming to Disney Plus competitor Netflix. Um, but they are showing it. At Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn, Alex is will going. be there. I will be live on scene, and I will let y'all know how that is on Tuesday. And I will be very upset. But um, so yeah, like I said, that comes out Tuesday on Netflix. I will be watching it. You guys should watch it too if you like Travis Scott. I think but it actually comes out Wednesday. 
I'm not so sure about that. Most I think the 28th. On Netflix. Uh, I don't know, but okay, we could check. It's not a big deal. Um, either way, even if you don't like Travis Scott, to see the monumental like rise he has had. He's having a year, year, dude. Yeah, he's having one of the craziest years of anybody in the music industry. Um, and I'm personally very excited to see. Like his tour was crazy. It was insane. Both one of the production best shows value, ever in production value and money made. Unbelievable. And merch. So I think <laughs> and merch. Well the merch was huge for him. No, I'm and saying the I, merch was fire. The merch was fire. Um but I think that, you know, it'll be very interesting to sort of peel back the curtain and, you know, see what's going on with Travis Scott and his life. So that comes out Tuesday the 28th or Wednesday, the 28th, whatever it is. Anyways, back to Disney. Um, also day one in the world, according to Jeff Goldblum, which I am extremely yeah, excited for. It's essentially going to be him. One of those shows where like, it's just like a great personality going around doing different things. Okay. I mean, I'm here for it. I like Jeff Goldblum. So this says, yeah, Jeff Goldblum that. leads each episode of this reality series by examining a deceptively familiar thing we all love, like sneakers or ice cream. Goldblum makes disparate connections between science, history, and people. I'm okay. here for that. Yeah, I'm here for that. That'll be cool. Sounds and like an Instagram TV TV, uh, TV show. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It doesn't sound like something that would be on. And Disney. then the only... Uh, but like, wait, 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 for instance, that you know that probably the main reason they're doing this is because Jeff Goldblum signed a contract with Disney to do a certain amount of things for them. And after they finished up with his role in Thor, they're like, all right, we're going to save you now for some other some other thing. And I'm not saying this is bad for Jeff Goldblum because he'll probably make a good amount of money doing this. But like, that's a household name who Disney now owns foreseeably for the rest of their career. That's pretty crazy. Right. Anyways, continue. Um, so the Falcon and Winter, that's it in terms of like day one stuff aside from like some kids shows and um, obviously like we said. I like how we talked about High School, the musical, the musical, and you didn't classify that under the kids shows. But anyways, continue. Because it's not. It's a high school show. So is Euphoria. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is supposed to come out in fall of 2020. So and they announced. Okay. They announced that Daniel Brohl uh, will be in it as Baron Zemo. They also announced... Um, Are you excited for that show? Yes. It, this one probably more than most because they also announced that Wyatt Russell is going to be um, US agent who is essentially like who the government wants to be the next Captain America. And I love right. Wyatt Russell, so I'm very okay. excited to see him. All right, cool. Um. Marvel 616 is a documentary series exploring like the Marvel universe. Um, Lamp Life, which is a prequel of Toy Story 4. What? Wait, what do you mean? It's just going to be an animated short film. Animated short short film. Uh, Monsters at Work is going to be a TV show about like Monsters Monsters Inc., right? Yeah. Yeah, like after. They announced that Clone Wars. Star Wars The Clone Wars is coming back for season four, which is... I was never about The Clone Wars, but that's great for people who are. That's big, though. They showed Darth Maul, and it looked sick. Yeah. Um, Year one original movies, there's Noelle with Bill Hader as Santa Claus, and then, like, Anna Kendrick as his sister. Billy Eichner's in that. That's a movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are movies now. Uh, The Phineas and Ferb movie, which I'm excited for. And they got all the original like voice casting except for Fur by here, which isn't that big of a deal. Cause Didn't he only like barely talk? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like, that's why I'm so surprised that whoever played Fur didn't want to come back for one line. Like, my man was offended. He was like, "I'm an actor." <laughs> yeah. Um. So year two now original shows in spring 2021 we have Wandavision, which is apparently bringing. It's apparently like a 50s show. That's cool. I don't know even I don't even know what that means, but like I know um Darcy from Thor is gonna be in that show. And I know that uh who else is it? Randall Park will be in that show. I don't know cool. how or why, but like it seems like they're bringing a lot of people oh, in. Oh fuck, dude. All right. Just announced they're working on a Cruella live action starring Emma Stone and Emma Thompson set in the nineteen seventies. That is gonna be a hit yeah dude shout out emma stone getting that bag dog facts that's sick anyways i'm sorry to cut you off continue 
I'm going to keep nah. cutting you off. I hear crazy be the shit. breaking news. Um, Loki was announced to be six episodes, which I'm glad for because like I would not want to watch more. That's it? Like it's a limited series? Yeah. What Yo. I'm probably most excited for is what if. One of them is like, what if Peggy Carter took the super soldier serum? And one of them is like, what if Steve Rogers like had the Iron Man suit? Uh, and like there was like I a, saw one that was like, what if T'Challa was Star Lord? Yeah, there's apparently crazy ones, and like apparently there's uh, Cap Steve Rogers like is a zombie. Oh fuck, dude! There's a picture, like a screen cap of of Emma Stone as Cruella Deville. Oh man, it looks. Fire. You gotta send that to me, and we'll yeah, we'll retweet it. If unless it's a leak, though, in which case I might not, because I've heard. I don't think it is. It looks like a promotional thing. I've heard people are getting um, banned, so we are going to be. Careful. It looks like it's from discussing film at D twenty three. Okay, much. that might be Page. solid. I'm gonna send it to you regardless because you need to see it. Um, but yeah, Disney is. But if our account gets banned, y'all know. Oh, we out here standing. I see that. That's. Oh, she looks amazing as Cruella. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that dude from I, Tanya's in it. Yeah, it'll be cool. I'm very excited. This and is going to be good. Twitter is derailing our podcast once again. Yeah. Sorry, but, oh, um, but that's Mulan too, which is cool. They also announced that Disney Plus will host at some point uh, the new three new shows for Marvel. Uh, She-Hulk, Miss mm-hmm. Marvel, and what was it? Moon Knight. Three yes. very fire characters. Oh, fuck. So they announced who Kit Harrington is playing. They said he's playing Black Knight in Eternals. Interesting. I'm very... A lot of people were saying... I don't know that much about that. Neither do I. But a lot of people were saying he was going to be Wolverine, and I, I am not about not, that. Not here for that. He does not have the anger that Wolverine needs. Well, he might, and it's hard to tell because we've only seen him in one role. Basically one role, I should say. But, like... I don't know. I don't. I I don't think Kit Harrington is Wolverine. He's not. You know. So let's yeah. see what he can do here, though. Dude, who knows though? They might give him now that he works for Disney. Like he might give. They might give him his own TV show one day. Like who knows? The John Snow man, show. The man was John Snow. Like don't count him out. But anyways. But yeah, that that's a lot of the big news for D twenty three at the moment. And if anything like happens throughout while we're recording the rest of this episode. We'll be sure to let you know. In the meantime, though, mm-hmm. you want to get into a little a little movie talk? Yeah, sure. Hit me with it. Uh, so I saw Peanut Butter Falcon Ooh, yesterday, starring Shia LaBeouf, and the wonderful what? What does he John Travolta say in that presentation? I don't even know what you're talking about. About Adina Menzel? Oh, the the wickedly talented. That's not funny. That's a pun because she's in Wicked. But do you know you know what video I'm talking about, right? I don't know. The wickedly talented Adele Dazim. Like when oh, he messed oh, up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. So, yeah, Peanut Butter Falcon starts Shia LaBeouf and the wickedly talented Dakota Johnson. Yo, um, Dakota Johnson. This I do. Is a, I guess I do too, kind of. But uh, not like Alex does. Anyways. This is an incredibly feel-good movie. It's about Shia LaBeouf. He's like a fisherman. Um and there's, there's a, a guy named uh, Zach, and he has uh, Down syndrome, and he escapes from – he's in an old folks' home. Uh, he escapes from an old folks' home, even though he's only 22. Well, um, the premise is that he has no family. Yeah, so he's placed there. And so he's placed there because someone needs to care for him. Which is Dakota Johnson. Which is um, Dakota Johnson. So, yes, he escapes from from his, his – like the old folks' home. And he meets Shia LaBeouf's character. And they Shia LaBeouf is taking Zach to a wrestling school in North Carolina that Zach has like been obsessed with because he wants to be a wrestler. Um and it's just like a story about like them bonding. And it's it's one of the most beautifully shot films of the year. And it portrays such a beautiful relationship, yeah. friendship between like two guys. And it's 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 utterly like it's so funny and it's very heartbreaking at times and it's just an incredibly well-made it's one of those movies that comes out of nowhere and really just like hit me hard personally yeah um it's just a very heartfelt fantastic movie and Shia LaBeouf needs to 
get a lot of praise for this. Yeah, I mean, it really is the return of Shia LaBeouf. You know, like he with this movie and Honey Boy coming out, which is a a much more personal project for him. I think that he's poised to sort of be thrown back into the spotlight um, in Hollywood, which I'm really here for. Like I was talking to Alex about it earlier before we started recording. Like he really is so talented and he gets, you know, he distanced himself from this scene for a lot of reasons, but um, he took some time off to do some political activism and, do some art exhibitions, um, some and and be a nymphomaniac stuff. and show his actual penis. That, jeez, that too, I guess. <laughs> um, but I'd like to see that he's back to, you know, what I should call relatively normal film. And uh, yeah, we're welcoming we're welcoming him. I love it. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan. What else, Alex? What else you got? Um, what other movies have I watched recently? We can't talk about Apocalypse Now yet. That will be coming in a few weeks. Yeah. Um, but let me ask you this. There was this podcast called the DGA Podcast, and there was a conversation recently again, between... wait, again, again, do not go listen to that podcast until you've heard every single episode of our podcast. And left it's a crucial. review on Apple Podcasts. Yes, please rate us five stars. Um, but there was a conversation between Paul Thomas Anderson and Quentin Tarantino on it. And I'm just curious, who do you think has... They, they both have, I believe, nine movies now. Is that true? I don't... I what don't is it? It's Hard Eight, Boogie Nights... Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love. Well, hang on. Let me go in order. Boogie Nights, Magnolia, Punch Drunk Love... There Will Be Blood, Inherent Vice, The Master, Phantom Thread. That's eight. I think I'm missing one. No, I think there's only eight. All right, so it's eight to nine right now. I'm counting real quick while you keep talking. Um, And I'm just curious. Who do you think has the better career? You know what? No, let me not say that. Tarantino. Who do you think is the better filmmaker? Uh, Who's my... It's hard to say. I personally, I grew up on Tarantino. And I think I tend to enjoy his movies a little bit more. I get the sense that... Here's my thing with PTA. And I love PTA. And he's very capable of making movies that are made for general audiences. But he doesn't do that. Um, He makes, like, relatively very... Like, I guess... I don't know if sophisticated is the right word. But he makes movies that, you know, you really have to sit down and you know, study almost to really gain full appreciation for them. Um, They're loaded with like complex performances and, you know, intricate filmmaking. And it's great. They're great movies. I think that Tarantino can be enjoyed by the masses a little more. You know what I mean? Like you can watch, you can take most of his movies at surface level. And I don't think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a very good example of that. But I think, like, for instance, take, like, Django or Inglorious Bastards or even, like, Pulp Fiction or Kill Bill. Anyone, really. And to the general audiences at face value, great movie, very enjoyable. Oh, we love the violence. Oh, we love the humor. It's whatever. You know what I mean? But then you can also go on a deeper level and look at, okay, he's not only making jokes and has a great cast. He's a fantastic writer. And a, friend, and a fantastic director. And you can look at his cinematography choices and his soundtracks. And, you know, for some of his movies, like the set design and stuff like that. Like Django has some crazy sets in it. And like Inglorious Bastards, like like even location scouting, like looking and finding like that one scene in the basement in Inglorious Bastards. Like Tarantino looked at that basement and said, this is where that scene's going to be. And it, it becomes its own character. So like you really just, you know, I think on an all around basis i do think tarantino is the better filmmaker what do you think yeah i would have to say i really don't want to because they're my my one and two but uh tarantino is probably not my number one just because yeah i feel like he's constantly reinventing himself not to say that pta isn't but like tarantino movies can feel wildly different from one another while paul tom pta films will always like have me going down the same path, like, I am fully aware that this is going to be just, like, a deep character study. Yeah. While, while sure. Tarantino can... And I love that. Like, character studies are some of my favorite movies. 
um and like there will be blood and and the master are just like master classes and boogie nights god he doesn't have a bad movie um we stand both of them just yes we yeah. stand both of them so yeah i i would have to say tarantino okay i mean look these are like you said they're your one and two um i think personally for me like i think i have to probably put pta in my top five as well um just like sheerly like he just has masterpieces for me, his big three are There Will Be Blood, Boogie Nights, and uh, The Master. Um, having seen all of his, I think all of his movies, except for Hard Eight and Magnolia, I haven't seen. Magnolia it, is. That's what I, I hear. It's something incredible. else, dude. Yeah, yeah, I hear it's incredible. But from the ones that I've seen, um, I do think those three are his, are his best. I think Boogie Nights is his, like, Master, I mean, There Will Be Blood is fantastic, don't get me wrong. But Boogie Nights, for me, is his movie that transcends his niche followers and could and is a movie made for the masses, even though, like, it is a taboo topic. Obviously, like, porn is, like, not something most movies are about. But, you know, I think the average moviegoer could sit down and really, really enjoy Boogie Nights. Whereas, I don't think that you get that same feeling from There Will Be Blood. Like, I think a lot of people probably who went to go see There Will Be Blood probably were like, what the fuck is this? A lot of people know That's that okay. movie. A lot of people know that movie, but I think a lot of people who have seen it think it's weird. And it is. It's a weird movie. But it's it's very, very good, you know? But you have to sort of... With PTA, you have to manage your expectations, and it's not like for a quality thing. It's you just have to go in with the right mindset and know what to look for in order to fully appreciate his films. And Tarantino, I don't think you do as much. I think you can literally go in for any number of reasons. You could go in for good writing. You could go in for good direction. You could go in for amazing cast. You could go in for funny. You could go in for serious. You could go in for violent. You can go in for anything. You know what I mean? And you'll enjoy it every time for different reasons. That's like why I think Tarantino is my number one. But, you know, let us know what you guys think on the Twitter. You know, we're just chopping it up here. Um, but Alex, do you got anything else for today? Or do you think we're good about wrap it up? Oh, okay. Um, well, do you have anything else? I, I have nothing for today. I guess I could end it on a little quote. Oh, um, we're getting mad quotes from you. No, but like, do you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Not particularly. I have a question that maybe you can help me with. Yeah, sure. So, you know how, like, people say, like, oh, this drink is watered down? Yeah. Isn't the same amount of alcohol in that cup? Uh, no. I think when people are like, well, like, what do you mean? Like, if you go to a bar and you order a drink and you're like, oh, this tastes watered down? Yes. So, some bars, from what I understand, and people accuse a lot of the bars in Binghamton of doing this, too. I bet they do. That wouldn't surprise me. No, not at all. Dude, they literally will open the bottles, pour like some of the alcohol out, and pour water in to like water it down. Literally water it down. But there's still so it looks like so it looks like you're getting a lot, but, but you're there's not. still the same amount of alcohol in it. You know what I mean? No, there's not because the whole alcohol is being diluted. Like the whole bottle is being diluted. Where does it go? They probably just take it out. They probably drink it themselves and enjoy it. No, that's not what I'm saying. Like the water in the cup. I mean, the drink in the cup. You know how, like, people, like, when you order scotch on the rocks, it's literally scotch and ice. So when the ice melts, it... It gets watered down. Yes, yeah. but, like... But how many people do you know complaining about But there's that? still the same amount of scotch as... Right, but the taste is diluted, and especially but you, when you're But it's the same amount scotch. of alcohol, is it not? Oh, when you're drinking... Yeah, it is. But when you're drinking scotch, a lot of, like, people who are real scotch drinkers drink it for the taste. Yeah, it's disgusting. I hate scotch. <laughs> it... It's an acquired taste. But, like, um, what I'm saying is, like, you would still get the same level of drunk, correct? But that's not why a lot of people drink. But but is that the fact? What? Like, you will get as drunk. Like, if I pour yeah. 50% of a cup with vodka, right? Yeah, and then you put a bunch of ice in it. No, ice no, no. Melts. And then I have a second cup with 50% vodka and 50% water. I'm still going to get the same amount of drunk for both. Correct. Okay, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm asking. But it won't, like, people don't want watered down uh, alcohol. Obviously not. 
So then what are you asking? I was just wondering, like, what did – like – What made you think of this? I don't know. I've been thinking about it for like a week now. <laughs> a week? Yeah. And I was just too afraid to ask anyone. What the fuck? Dude, you can ask me anything, bro. We're on Reddit. What? We're on Reddit. Ask me anything. Oh, yeah. Okay, I thought you said Ron Reddit, and I was like, who the fuck is Ron Reddit? But, uh, that's that. Dude, have you been on Reddit recently? Yeah. What, have you seen, like, they have the Reddit TV? Yeah, thing? it's mad funny. Yeah, it's so funny. So, for those of you who don't know, Reddit's doing, like, this thing, and, uh, it's like, uh, it's like live, t- it's like what they're calling public access network. You know what I mean? I think that's what PAN stands for. And it's just, like, people who can, like, stream, like, random shit. So it'll be like, this is my dog sleeping. And it'll have, like, 20,000 people watching it. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, who's spending time out of their lo- out of their day to, like, do that? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Also, all right, ready? We got just announced the cast of Pixar's new movie called Soul. It is about a middle school band teacher who loves jazz, starring Questlove. What? Uh, yeah, Questlove's in it. Uh, Felicia Rashad, David Diggs, Jamie Foxx, and Tina Fey. What? Yeah, so that's pretty exciting. We love Pixar here. Also, did you see the picture of the cast of Eternals on yeah, stage together? Yeah, with the suits. Well, yeah, but Brian Tyree Henry has fucking drip, bro. He's fire. Yeah. Also, we have pictures from Soul, apparently. So if you guys are interested in that, we'll tweet that out. It looks cool. Very aesthetically pleasing. Bill Burr is in The Mandalorian. That's a weird casting. Also, well, Why? I mean, Werner Herzog is in The Mandalorian. That's a weird casting. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, new there images is. from Pixar Soul. Oh, this looks awesome. Yeah, we will be tweeting all of these out. Oh, the Black Panther 2 logo is fire. Okay, anyway, so that's going to about wrap it up for us today. Um, we sort of went off the rails in this last half hour, but it's okay. Um, Again, just a reminder, tweet this episode at Kevin Abstract. Please, 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 please. Tweet it at Brockhampton. Tweet at every single member of Brockhampton. Do it. If you love us, do it. And if you don't, just know that you're dead to us. To quote Tom Haverford, you're you're on my donezo list. <laughs> you know? Want to go mini golfing? No, we're donezo. You want to go see a movie? No, we're donezo. So, where can they find you? find me on Twitter at Samurai Paps. You can find me on Letterboxd at AG Person. And you can find the podcast at WTR Pod. Okay. And you can find me. Uh, I had to think about it for a minute there. That's not great. Um, at Josh Lempert. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd. Hit me up. Let me know what's going on with you guys. And please, 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 please. If you are listening to this on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it is, please scroll to the page the the fuck the show page and drop us a review drop us a rating we'll be foreverly grateful if you do that tweet it at us and we'll shout you out in the pod do it yeah um thank you guys for listening and peace out peace